0: The Voluntary Action is a safe space where known dullards gather to drink from the keg of glory or drown in the pool of despair. All opinions, takes, questions, criticisms, and insults cannot and will not be held against a speaker after a 24-hour cooling-off period. Please listen accordingly.
1: All right, y'all, here we go as Tennessee goes to Vanderbilt and takes care of business today. It wasn't always pretty, but in the end, Tennessee wins it by 13 as Dalton Connect does his thing. 32 points for the transfer from Northern Colorado. I believe his fourth consecutive game with at least 25 points. Uh, He is on some kind of a tear right now. Ah. Vescovy has 12 for Tennessee. Ziegler and Ganey both with 10. Adu. With nine points and ten rebounds, just one of his three missed free throws away from the double-double tonight for Tennessee. But volunteers get it done against Vanderbilt in Nashville. And how about the Tennessee fans singing Rocky Top inside Memorial Gymnasium without the benefit of a pep band? Oh, man. A glorious sight on the road as we bring Bear and Davey Hudson from OutKick in. Guys, I, I thought the turning point was the hook and hold, actually, on a just a, atrociously officiated game. Uh, one that goes our way. Z, uh, Vescovy makes the free throws, and then we get uh, retain the ball. Ganey hits a three to culminate a 10-0 run. Uh, That went, took it from a tied game to a 58, 48 lead for Tennessee. And we never really looked back. No, they, uh, that that took all the starch out of Vanderbilt.
0: Horrendously officiated game. Um, That, that hook and hold was, I don't know. I mean, I I thought it was obvious. Uh, I know Davey might disagree with me, but if you're going to call something, I mean, the Vanderbilt player grabbed uh, Santee uh, first and, but uh I mean it's a it's a, always been a house of horrors for us down there at Memorial Gym. Uh glad we got out of there with win. So and we'll just look forward and get ready for South Carolina now. But man, just did never seems like it's easy down there.
2: I uh, on the refs note, it was one of those things to where that hook and hold, I wouldn't have called anything initially, but there was no consistency. I mean, we saw a couple of plays where guys were just clearly shoved down uh the whistle. Uh, was not blown, but I really did like the second half performance from the team. You could tell early on we just didn't have that sense of fire. And I mean, I thought Vanderbilt was playing well for their standards early on too, but you could just tell once Connect got going, I mean, he only had 11 in the first half, and so then went off for 29 in the second. It's uh, it's so much fun to watch him play. He's already (laughs) locked down the SEC Player of the Year, in my opinion, and there's a really good chance that Tennessee has their first ever Naismith Player of the Year, so... Um, it's, it's been fun to watch. And this is, uh, Russ is actually his fifth straight game with 25 plus points or
0: more. Yeah. Fourth 30 point game of the year. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you though, it is, um, absolutely insane that that team has only won five games. They aren't that bad. They've they, got, they, well, they just play better against us. That's one of the things that
2: I've seen from watching them versus, and I mean, it's just, it, it's always like that for them in that building. Whenever we're there, they just play better. And you watch them play some of these other teams; they're they're, they're
1: garbage. Hey, I uh, hate to go all rules breakdown here right at the beginning, but I'm watching Kentucky Arkansas. Is it, I thought the rule was a guy gets hurt and play goes on the other way. You you let the play finish before you stop, and you stop the play once the once it's coming back towards where the injured player is. They didn't do that in our game, and they just did you know the same thing. Kentucky's about to shoot a three. They've got a five on four situation with Arkansas guy laying under the rim and they blow the play dead like right as Kentucky shooting a three.
2: So I, I wasn't watching this one in Tennessee situation. That's the right call when you're the other teams not playing with a sense of urgency and trying to score. And you could tell in our situation, uh, Dalton Connect had the ball and it looked like he was pulling it back out. Huh. We weren't trying to I mean, at that point, you could tell also we're trying to kill clock. But if, if the other team has a chance to score and they're actively trying to score, you're not supposed to stop the play.
1: That makes sense. I mean, Kentucky was certainly trying to score, uh, far be it from me to advocate for Kentucky, but uh, just wanted some clarity. That makes sense what you said, Davy. So I guess it would be right. They got it right in our game, but wrong in the Kentucky game. All right. Uh, lots to unpack here. We'll do it with you it is voluntary reaction let's get things rolling and we'll start with star child be sure to turn your mic on when we come to you folks what's up Starchild? what's up
3: man how are you doing doing
1: well how doing are you well. sir? uh
3: yeah i don't know they're, they're kind of touched on i don't know what it is about playing at that place but it's it seems like it's always a a challenge for whatever reason no matter how awful that team is i don't know um just glad we have Dalton. I don't know. I don't know what we would what we would be this year if we didn't have Dalton in some of
1: these games. He's just a score. Yeah, I mean, somebody was texting me during the game. It's like, you know, what would we be without – you know, how ass would this team – was the way they put it. Would they be without connect? And, you know, my thought is they'd probably be just a lot like they were right, last year, right. which is really good defensively and – No offense. Uh, lacking a little bit on the offense. I don't know, like, you know – Triple J only takes two shots. Today. Yeah, and people will be like, "Well, what's he doing out there?" Well, when you've got a guy that you that takes 21 shots like Connect did, and you're comfortable with him taking exactly that many, like those shots have to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind if there if other guys are are not taking shots because Connect's a volume shooter. But you know, if we didn't have Connect, then obviously we would need a little bit more from Triple J and some of the other guys. And I think they've shown that you know they can be more productive than they have been but i'm glad that we do have connect because it's a moot point dude i mean just just from watching last season
3: the biggest thing like you're saying that frustrated me every game was we did not have a shooter or a few shooters the people that we could rely on in a shot or if we needed 15 points from somebody right uh like it it landed on vescovy last season to, to shoot those shots and have the most shots shot from from anybody on the court and he had some good games. He played well, but then he he didn't a lot of the time. So I'm glad that we have somebody who's who's not afraid to shoot and who is a shooter. Like, that's that's who Dalton is. He's, he's not afraid to shoot the ball. And you can just tell it when he gets it in his hands. He's very confident, you know. So anyway, uh, looking forward for South Carolina. They're pretty hot right now, next week.
1: Yeah, uh, they are. Um, I like that, you know, it's, it's in Knoxville, right, Davey?
2: Yeah, we play here
1: play them home, and then at Kentucky a week from tonight? That is, yep, at Kentucky, 7.30, well, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central next Saturday. I believe Duke and North Carolina is the lead into that one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would expect to win at home against South Carolina, even though I do think they, they are much improved, man. They're pretty good. And uh, I would expect to win at home, and I, I think it's going to be really hard to win in Rupp a week from tonight, but – You know, I talked about this at halftime, and it is just a crazy thing in college basketball this year. Coming into tonight, AP top 10 teams were 17 and 27 this season on the road against unranked opponents, which is the situation we were in tonight, the situation Kentucky is in right now at Arkansas. Kansas lost today on the road against an unranked team, Uh, 38.6% winning percentage for top 10 teams on the road against unranked teams. It is unprecedented. It has always been uh, the the smallest winning percentage was in the COVID year when obviously gyms weren't full, but even then top 10 teams won 59% of the time on the road against unranked teams. It's less than 40% this year. Davey, what do you attribute that to? Why is it so much harder to win on the road this year than it has been at any other time in the sport of college basketball during our lifetimes?
2: I would say the biggest factor now is we have so many guys that are fifth, sixth-year seniors that just understand like whenever they're going on the road now, they they can play at a higher level than maybe whenever you have less experienced guys. I mean, we're, we're looking at, People that have been going to these these schools and playing at other SEC um, venues for going on six years now, they understand what it's like there. And I mean, I, you would think that the the home teams would would be able or they they would be able to play better, but I, I just think it's kind of a wash when you look at it. At the end of the day, that's my only reasoning. I mean, there's probably not a good one to be honest.
1: Let's get Anthony in here next. Anthony, you're on voluntary reaction. Go ahead. Oh, Anthony might have the wheel. Are you there, Anthony? No, he's got the wheel. Thought I heard him for a second. Anthony, I, I, jump jump back in, man. We'll get you. I did want to
2: add the last three games, Connect and Adu are leading the team in shot attempts, and uh, we we know Connect's been leading the team in scoring. Adu's typically been second in points, but that's just what they're doing for the offense. They're just trying to have it run through those two guys, and it's working that's why you're not yes. necessarily seeing Vescovy and josiah be taking a lot of shots um i will say it's been good from ganey that's another good performance from him being able to put the ball in the hoop i i will say he also was 4 for 4 from the line team really struggled in the first half at the free throw line
1: We're under ganey gave us a spark. for a long time ganey gave us a spark man i'm i'm liking what they're getting out of him glad to see it for him too let's get roberto in here next roberto are you there
4: yeah guys good evening again Russ, um, I, I don't know if you guys – you guys were on, so I don't know if you got to hear Dalton Connect after the game, but Dari and those guys, uh, Slay, and I don't know who the other guy is. We're interviewing him, and it's finally started. They've started the Dalton Connect for best best college basketball player hype train. Officially, it started tonight. It's everywhere now. Um, I mean, they're going, this kid's the best player in college basketball. He's the guy that's going to ch- challenge Zach Edy for Smith, player of the year. That is so cool. And you know what? It's not lip service. Davey, I know some dude at Duke is probably better than him or whatever, I'm sure. But yeah. um, but it's just so nice to not have to pay lip service like we did to Grant Williams, who I thought was a great player. Um, this guy's the best player in college basketball. He is. And he filled the stat sheet tonight too. 32, six, three assists. Three steals, three blocks, good grief, you know? Um, And the coolest thing was listening to his interview, Russ. You know what he said? And I think he really meant it. The young man said, I wish I had gotten to spend all the years of my college career here in Knox, at Tennessee, because I love my, I love these fans. I love my team and I love my coaches. How cool is that? I mean, I think he really means it too. I think that's what makes him such a, he's almost like an unassuming hero. Have you noticed that?
1: Yeah, man. All American. Our Jimmy Chitwood.
4: He is freaking Jimmy Chitwood. That, he's buff Jimmy Chitwood. That's who he is. Um, it's just it's nice, man. And you know, I, I, I asked you guys what, two and a half, three weeks ago, are we are we really a top ten team? And back then Davey said, probably not. Davey, where are you now?
2: Yeah, no, they're top ten now. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you you see how they've really configured their offense yep. as of late and yep. seeing Jonas a do step up mm-hmm. and we see Dalton connect score 25 points in five straight games yeah they're playing great we know the defense has always been there you haven't had those scoring droughts so yeah they're they're i would say they're a top five team right now but mm-hmm. yeah two months ago before SEC play started I was like yeah they're probably fringe top 10 but now they've mm-hmm. they're showing me they're a top five team
4: yeah well uh, I'm gonna duck out guys but other than just saying man it is just so nice to to be able to puff our chests out, you know, and say, we are a top five team. You watch us play and you fear the University of Tennessee. And I I, I I, keep saying it, but if Rick Barnes gets out of his own way and lets these kids do what they are capable of in the NCAA tournament, I genuinely believe we can win a national championship behind this guy if he plays like this. If he gets on a six-game heater like he's been on recently, we have a legit shot to win it all. It's so cool. See you.
1: Good stuff, Roberto. Appreciate it. Well, let's not peak too soon, boys. Save something in the tank. Long way to go.
2: Yeah, no, it's,
1: it's definitely a long way to go. I mean, I have been – the main
2: thing I've been watching is just the SEC race. And right now, Tennessee is tied atop the SEC, 5-1 and one with Alabama, which we have the head-to-head over. Uh, Auburn lost again today. So they really struggling against Mississippi State. That was a defensive – Powerhouse battle going on there. It was twenty-one to twenty-one at half, but yeah, right now you're in the driver's. They're seat. tough
0: at the hump, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I mean, if if Arkansas gets a win here, that's going to put Kentucky down to four and three in conference play.
0: Oh, hate that for
2: them.
1: We got some tough road but games I, I, coming up, man. The
2: score. Kentucky's going to win this game.
1: Man. Yeah, we we got to go there next week. We go to College Station, we go to Fayetteville, Como, and Tuscaloosa. So I I, I don't expect to win all those games, and I mean there's the, tonight was frustrating until about the ten minute, or the first thirty minutes of this game were, you know, it's it, it, it was frustrating, and Vanderbilt was playing probably little bit over their heads, some bad officiating and just, you know, the the challenge of playing on the road that we've been talking about kind of conspired to to keep it a close game, but kudos to Tennessee for fighting through it and putting their foot on Vandy's throat when the opportunity presented itself. Some random guy is next. What's up Rando? Yo so, Barnes got, you
5: know, the, the ultra-rare technical tonight. I'm sure he, uh, he, he didn't cuss the guy out, but he, uh, he questioned the integrity of the uh, play
1: calling there. But Well, I don't even – I would like to know because he's talking to – I mean, this was an atrocious crew. Uh, Steve Anderson, who was the guy who was basically fired from his job in the NBA because he was such a bad official, he was out there. The guy Barnes is arguing with is Don Daly, and he didn't make the call. So I don't know who made the call. My guess is it was Steve Anderson, who was at least 50 feet away, while Barnes is arguing with Don Daly. And, like, I, I, I don't know what we're supposed to do And that's so like, you blew two calls on the same play. There's a ghost foul against Ziegler, and, and then, like, call we're going to go— yeah, we're going to go stop the game for five minutes and stare at the video monitor for an obvious non-goaltending. I mean, like, what the hell are we doing?
5: So, you know, Barnes, you know, inexplicably gets a t, but I was glad to see it. We talked about that at halftime because, I mean, I know Barnes gets so damn few of them. But when he gets them, he typically gets the officials' attention. Uh, I don't think we get the hook and hold in the second half if he didn't get teed up right before halftime. Maybe that's just me, but I think they started looking at things a little differently from that point forward, and it seems like it was called a lot, I'm not going to say shaded towards Tennessee, but it was called clean where it was kind of favoring the home team in the first half. Uh, They hit those four free throws in a row, and we were down nine. We outscored them by 26 the rest of the game from that point forward. And that's kind of what it was pointing to at halftime, Russ, was, I mean. Yeah, I don't
0: know, Rando. I mean, they mugged, uh, that was in the second half. I mean, they mugged Vescovy. I thought Barnes was going to get thrown out after that one and get his second T, But, I mean, they fucking mugged Vescovy and it and that was brutal. They didn't call anything. And then Vanderbilt had to run out layup or dunk or whatever it was. And. I just kind of wonder how
5: many times in his thirty nine years
1: Barnes has actually gotten ejected from a game. Ugh. I'm sure it happened back in the day, but I mean, it hasn't happened at Tennessee, not even no. close. But uh, you know, and I, and I told you, I told you at halftime,
5: Russ. Good teams find a way to win games when they're not playing their best. And I said the second half, we need to run it through Adu and connect. And damn it, if that's not what we did, I'm I'm telling you, man. That that uh, that combo of Adu and Connect, especially heavy on the Connect side of that, man. I mean, that's that's some exciting ball to watch. I mean, when Connect catches fire, he's he's a force of nature out there.
1: It's Uh, just exciting because we haven't seen Tennessee play this way. Like we haven't had the offensively dominant big man. I know Grant was a quote unquote big man at the college level, but you know he wasn't the you know six eleven guy like Adu is. And um, obviously I don't think any of us were expecting Connect to have this kind of impact on the team. So it's exciting to see, you know, uh, some people lament the role that Vescovy and Triple J are playing. I kind of like it. Like those guys, you know, they've been inconsistent. Let them be role players, man. Let them sit, set up on the wings, catch and shoot, do the other things that help you win while Connect and Adu and, and Ziegler to a lesser extent play the starring role. It's fun to watch right now.
5: Oh, it absolutely is. And, you know, I'll not drag this thing out too long tonight, but the the thing that you mentioned a minute ago that just like kinda makes me worry just a touch. And we talked about it. We hit on it at halftime. You know, winning on the road, you just mentioned a whole crap load of road games coming up. We gotta go to Aggieland, we got to go to Rupp, we got to go to Tuscaloosa, we got to go to Como. We got a lot of tough road games coming up, and I just, uh, you know, we take it one game at a time. I'm glad we got South Carolina at home because they're playing some damn good basketball right now. We got to go to Fayetteville as well, and they're going to go down to Kentucky tonight, but that's not an easy place for us to win either, so I just, uh, I hope they stay focused and can keep the consistency moving ahead and uh, you know, just grind it out one game at a time through this conference season because we got a lot of tough, tough road games coming up and I, you know, if two or three of those don't go our way, which very well might happen, I just you know, I hope uh hope the Vol fan base doesn't like freak out because God knows we do that pretty damn well.
1: We will, and it'll be okay. You, you you live to fight another day, man. Just yep. just keep moving, keep your head down, and move forward, as Jeremy Pruitt would say. That's right.
5: So GBO
1: on to the next, and uh, we will uh, we'll talk
5: to you guys midweek. Let's go. Uh, let's go beat the shit out of South Carolina.
1: Later. Thanks, Rando. Appreciate you, my friend. Let's see if uh, we can connect with Anthony this time. Anthony, are you there? I'm there.
6: Can you hear me this time?
1: We got you. What's up, man?
6: Well, how can you start any call off without talking about the king, Dalton Connect?
1: He's Elvis, man.
6: Mm.
1: Get that man a jumpsuit. Superstar. He's
6: amazing how much his jump shot improved from the first half to the second half tonight.
1: I noticed
0: that. I wondered if he just, uh, it looked like, you know, you see sometimes guys when they first get into that gym. He just it looked a little bit off, but once he settled in, he settled the hell in.
6: Yeah, it was unstoppable when he when he locked in.
0: Yeah, I can't believe how I mean it, the the thirty point games. I mean, how he plays on the
6: road's unbelievable. He's a dog. He's got me wanting to go up to Rupp next weekend.
1: Oh God! Oh God! Did you guys see who was in the building tonight? The hype daddy. No, I didn't. Who? The hype daddy was in the house tonight. A picture of him and Barnes shaking hands, greeting each other warmly. Hanging out with McIntyre. Uh, Maybe Ethan Utley. It is a recruiting weekend.
6: What else you you got, Anthony? I agree with the last caller. I was going to talk about. I think Barnes really affected the rest tonight. After he got his tech, I feel like the game, the the way the got the the way the game was called, kind of shifted a little bit. I mean, he was chewing ass all night.
1: Well, we went from down nine at that point, and it was you know two after that point. Like we were all pissed off and everything. And people barely noticed. We got two. Pretty easy buckets right at the rim. I think Connect had one and Adu had one to make it a 35-30 game. And, you know, we had uh, went from down nine to down five of the half and then we were able to cut into it pretty quickly. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that lights a fire under the boys a little bit, but maybe it also kind of like lets the refs know, hey, I'm Rick freaking Barnes. You're not going to rook
6: me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but at the under four timeout, Connects got thirty points, and Barnes is chewing his ass.
0: Oh no, I thought you were talking about. There was one point. Uh, it was after the under eight, and they were getting ready to go to commercial. They were doing something, and that guy was standing there with his pink whistle, and Barnes was yeah. just <laughs> chewing him
6: up one side and down the other. I was twitching. He was chewing ass all night. It didn't matter what ass. He was just going to chew some ass. I, you, I don't you, like the
1: term chewing ass. Can we? Uh, can we? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> can we find something else, Anthony. It just—it just sounds gross. I don't—I don't want to think about Rick Barnes chewing <laughs> ass. Uh, I don't
6: know. Okay. But uh, sorry. To go to your your question earlier about why do you think that all these unranked teams are beating these ranked teams? I think the transfer portal might have something to do with that. It seems like it's kind of equalizing things a little bit.
1: Yeah, that that was kind Comparity. of parity. That's the only thing I can come up with is like there's just so much um the, the, you know turnover on these teams that it's harder than ever to go on the road.
6: Yeah, teams are teams are really struggling on the road. It, it doesn't matter how bad the road team is. They they're really struggling on the road this year. Um we're going to be tested down the stretch on the on the road. We'll, we'll see how, how we do. Um, I still think Estrella looked really good tonight and could use a few more minutes. And somebody Did he get in in early. the second half? No, he didn't even play in the second half. No, but, Jamie, he looked good in the first half, didn't he? Yeah, he really he really turned. I thought he kind of turned the game. He had a really plan.
1: slow rotation on a defensive play, like when he first got in. But then, yeah, he settled in. His his putback basket was really nice. He collected three rebounds he in went, his five minutes. He was getting after it on the floor. Did a Walker play strong. in the
2: second heat? I thought. I think we just stuck with.
1: A Walker did get in for a few okay. minutes there. And it was interesting, you know. We talk about, uh, you know, um, Barnes uh, chewing out connect like there's a a, like connect sat i want to say from about the 10 minute mark to about the five minute mark and we actually played pretty well offensively We, we were still holding our own scoring uh hit some big shots so uh that was encouraging to actually you know have him seated for a prolonged period of time uh in the second half and we were able to hold if not increase our lead where do you think I just pulled it up on DraftKings? Where do you think he ranks as
2: far as odds or best odds to win uh wooden award? Two.
0: Connect. Connect probably Dudes. second or third.
2: He's second at plus two thousand. Edie's leading the pack at minus seven hundred.
1: That'll okay. change. He'd have he's gonna have to keep it up, man. Don't underestimate the Media's love affair with Big Zach Eady.
2: <laughs> Where do you think the
1: balls rank as far as teams with the best odds to make it to the Final Four? I it's, thought this was like seventh or so, like sixth or seventh. Uh, last I checked, we were fourth. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can see that plus right now.
2: Purdue, Houston, and UConn have better odds, and North Carolina's
0: right behind us. I mean, you put a they gun in like my head. I'm putting, if I had to put all my money I I have on any one of those teams, it'd be on UConn, though.
2: Oh, yeah. They return a lot of the team that was able to do it last year. And the experience is vital for
0: this. They don't shit down their leg like Purdue and Tennessee do in the tournament.
6: Somebody mentioned Ganey earlier. I feel like he might be the X factor. If that guy's on, our offense is pretty much unstoppable.
0: Yeah, because nobody goes – they don't – nobody goes out there to guard him. Yeah, well, they might have to
6: shot. He can get to the rim. So, if you, if you go out there and press him tight, he can go by you.
1: He's a good defender. He can handle the ball. He's He's a nice player. I mean, I know everybody was frustrated by his shot not going in for that long stretch. But this is his second nice game in a row. Hopefully, he can keep it up
6: yeah it was good to talk to y'all tonight but I really think that that Barnes sees something special in this team. I think that's why he's been he's been so willing to change his style this year and he's, he's really like, he seems like he's really pushing it hard. I'm rooting for him um, good to talk to y'all.
1: you too Anthony appreciate you my friend uh Brad in Nashville where'd you go? He was here He disappeared. LSU and Bama. Tied at 20 in the first half here. TCU takes down Baylor in triple overtime. game was that, Baylor? Did they lose earlier in the week, too? I feel like they might be on a bit of a skid. I don't know, man. College basketball's been crazy this year. Duke won today. I don't know if you guys saw that one. I heard uh, they were the beneficiary of a an
7: atrocious call. No, was contact on that one. I think Brad was at the game tonight. Brad, there. Yeah, buddy. Um, we're heading back from Nashville. It was uh, the the first half struck me as a team that um, isn't used to playing on Vandy's floor. Like this is something that they catch us with every time we play in Effin Memorial. It's just uh, with the way that the floor is raised above those first two levels of seats, it'll throw off your shot for a half. And um, then we just uh, came around, caught the caught the vibe, and uh, ran away with it. But man, Connect is the real deal. He's if he if he's playing on his game, then it's I don't know. Like the, the he he may be the player that we need to actually bust past some stuff that we haven't done before.
1: We've not had a weapon like him. In a long, long time, I mean, it's fun, man. When you have a guy like Connect, Chris Lofton, Allen Houston, I'd imagine that's the way it was when Dale Ellis was a two-time SEC player of the year. Certainly Ernie and Ernie. Yeah, Bernard King. You, you just enjoy it, man. You enjoy it more when you got players like that.
7: Yeah, because we knew he was going to be good. But um, this right here is uh, something that I don't know I've seen since I've been alive. Like, um I I was Look, technically say, alive while Alan Houston was playing, but I was like twelve. So uh, I don't yeah, know if I that counts, Houston. man.
1: He's, sure it does. Houston was great, man. But here's the thing, Brad, you say we knew he was gonna be good. I didn't know he was gonna be good. No. I mean, we've had all these transfers come in here and Tyreek uh Tyreek Key was gonna be good last year. And he you know, Indiana State's no different than northern Colorado in my mind. And he was frustrating. So like I, honestly, I didn't. I didn't really have any expectation on Connect. I was hoping that he would be good. Had no idea. Like, if you had told me in the off season he's going to be averaging like thirty a game, making shit, miss, not that. I'd be like, what? <laughs>
7: <laughs> crazy. I never heard. I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but I think Adam Hittman had me, had me convinced. <laughs> but because he was on his train um, since like uh, summer. But, um, yeah, but I, I don't know. The only
0: thing
3: I'll I'm, say to that, Brad is, is uh, I like Brad. what we got
7: going on. Adu is playing out of his mind. Um, if we can get those two guys going. And like the, what you mentioned earlier, when he was on the bench, we were still increasing our lead. Now, like, don't get the cart in front of the horse. I mean, Vandy is 5-14 and 14 now. But um, I don't know. They beat us last year, and we kicked their teeth in this year. Um, I, if you bet in Vegas, you probably lost, but um, I mean, we, wanted, we won a good game against the team that really wanted to beat us, and uh, we just, I don't know, told them to pack their shit and go home, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it, man. Were you in, so you were in there tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and then nosebleeds. Tennessee
1: fans making a lot of noise, pretty rowdy, good atmosphere?
7: About 70%, yeah. That's yeah, fine, I had I had to I had to, uh, I had to dump some change to get into that piece, piece about a uh, hundred and eighty bucks for me and my wife. So, Woo, really? It, it's whatevs. It was worth it.
1: It was, yeah. It, you got to see Dalton Connect go in there and slay the beast.
7: No, it was the shit. I he saw, came. He came to me.
2: It was nice. I saw the prices <laughs> were raised by Vanderbilt Athletics just for
7: this game. Oh, they do that every time, man. For football too. I know we will pay. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm here for it. It was fun. Um, I got to grab some groceries and uh, do some manual labor. So, love you guys. Take it easy. All right, man. And, um, Safe travels. To you
1: Thank you, my friend. Brad in Nashville checking in with a live on-the-scene report for the voluntary reaction. I just think any road win in a power league this year, whether it's the SEC, ACC, Big Twelve, Pac-12, Big Ten, whatever, you know, probably even um, uh, the Missouri Valley or the Big East. Like you you enjoy it. Like I don't. I don't care where it is. This this was a this was a quality uh, win. It's not going to be a quad one win probably at the at the end of the. But I think people who've been following college basketball know that this isn't. uh, You don't take any road win for granted in league play. No, no, I I do think
0: when it comes time, I time, mean, Dave, you're the you're a bracketology guy out of the three of us, but I man, that, that never looks better. Those road wins look good on your resume. So what are we right now? 2 and 1 on the road? Uh just like in league play or Yeah. I
2: think we're 2-2. Two two. Or no, 2 and 1 in league play and then we lost the North Carolina game. So yeah, yeah 2 and 2 on the, the road. North
0: Carolina game up more to us coming across like eight time zones after that gauntlet we ran out there in Hawaii. So I'd love to have uh, that one back. Trying to do
2: the math. We are two and two on neutral sites, two and two on the road. So that's four and four there. So yeah, we got 10, 10 wins at home. So that's yeah. 10 and 0 at home. Three and four and quad one. And we haven't lost and quad two,
1: quad three, or quad four, obviously. Got to continue to defend the fortress that is Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena. Need a good crowd in there Tuesday night when the Gamecocks come to town. They've got a big, really good big man and a really good point guard. That's pretty good formula. So that guy's doing a pretty good job so far this year. Yep. That- gotta gotta hold and serve on your home court. We you talk about how difficult it is to win on the road. You do not want to stub your toe a, against a team you should handle at home. Joshie boy is next. What up Joshie boy? What up
8: guys? We drank from the keg of glory. The balls and victory against uh the candy boys, Vandy.
9: Vandy boys. Vandy boys
0: Vandy Boys.
8: So uh Russ, Bear, Davy, Connect could have easily dropped forty on those jokers tonight, but we'll settle for a thirty two. If Tennessee wouldn't have turned the ball over in the first half and just let Vandy get some buckets, I think. Tennessee would have won easily by double digits at least 20 or 25 points.
1: Um, yeah, you know, it, it's weird, too. Um, I think we shot like 60%, 64% from the free throw line. Uh, there was one point where we were four of ten from the, like, uh, connect, missed two free throws um, on the, on the. you know, he got fouled and missed them both. Uh Adu had had struggled at the line tonight. So, but, but I, again, I mean, this is playing on the road, funky gym, all that stuff we've been talking about. So you still win by 13. I mean, that's that's pretty good to be sitting here talking about, oh, we left a bunch of points on the floor tonight.
2: Hey, I did want to add, we're, uh, Tennessee sports guy lets me know, Uh, three and two on the road now. I, for whatever reason, just completely blanked on factoring in Vandy when I was looking at it. We're fifteen and four, not fourteen and four.
8: Okay, nice. Do you guys uh, see where Adu was one point away from uh, getting another double
0: double?
1: Yep, one of those free throws would have been nice. Or hell if they
0: that they shafted him on the and one.
1: Oh. That, so he got he got dri- after the Vescovy play where Vescovy got lit up. I mean, there was one where uh Adu just got clobbered. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean th- these guys were special tonight.
0: Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, um, no offense to Rando, but they didn't change up anything at halftime. They were shitty from start to finish tonight.
8: Yeah. Who was uh it's hard to pronounce his last name for vanity Who's that one guy who had a Really decent game for him, Mug- Mug- Yon, Ezra Mug- man, Yon, on, is, or whatever. Like yeah, that, guy. he didn't
0: hit very. How many baskets he hit in the second? I thought he only had like one basket in the second half.
2: He finished the game five and fourteen.
0: I, I'll tell you what they what they oh, did crack. do a good job. Uh, Vanderbilt. I, every time I looked up, Adu was trying to guard that kid. Yeah, I was like Jesus. So they only
2: had six bench points, and it came from
8: uh, the Lewis kid. So, uh, do you guys see Tennessee losing a home game this year? I don't. I see him running the table. The only game that really worries me is that Kentucky game at home, last game of the season.
0: Oh, there's several of them. And if we come out with our head up our asses, we could – I mean, SEC's deep this year. Auburn oh, – we play Auburn up here this year, don't we? Yeah, Auburn yeah. comes in here, and uh, they could beat us. I'm uh, not uh, really Bruce worried
8: is. about Auburn, though. Bear uh that point guard for them. He makes more mistakes than he does good things. Still Bruce and Auburn, man. Yeah. I never count him out. Yep. So, uh, guys, I'm going to leave on two things, all right? First thing is nothing would bring me much joy to see the Volunteers beat Duke again in the NCAA tournament just to ruin uh, Davy's season, but uh, the other thing is, I look forward to the Vols playing USC Junior at, at uh, Food City Center Tuesday. Oh, wait, Thompson Vol.
1: Arena. See ya. <laughs> Josh, you boy, uh, good stuff, my friend. Appreciate you. That guy's a nut. Oh, A complete maniac. I wonder, did he say? Was he betting on the balls? No, he said he wasn't betting on the balls. What was he? uh, What was his bet? I don't know. I would. We came three points away. We were three fur away from covering.
0: Yeah, but that was an awfully big number for Tennessee playing at fucking Memorial, man. We were up by fifteen with
1: about a minute to go. I thought they were going to get it.
0: I hate those people down there. Just can't stand them.
1: Oh, the Vandy boys. And we go there for baseball this year, right? Couldn't tell you. I mean, when's the last time they beat us down there? It's been years, hasn't it? We we swept them down there in 2022 when Tim Corbin checked Mike Honcho's bat. Yeah, that was the birth of Mike Honcho. The legend was born. You think that bat was legal? Probably not. But I can't <laughs> wait to see what I can't wait to see what Vandy boy nonsense they pull. How's that stadium looking down there, Davey? Is they got that thing finished yet? Based, uh, the uh, pul-
2: I don't know, man. I, I try to avoid downtown
1: as much as I can, just with all the traffic. They're adding, how many seats are they at? Like they can't, who's going to go watch, um, Mr. Clean football. Hell, I think the year? last time I was down there was bear was with me.
0: Oh, that's right. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Vandy yeah. boys. Then we walked, we ended up walking in that damn pizza place, that giant Vandy boys flag on the wall.
5: I and mean, we technically were
1: pretty much on campus. Yeah. Uh, yes, they didn't start anything with us. They knew. I mean, we got Hype Daddy and Barnzo down there tonight. We get Vitello over there, we can those three can go out there and shut down the town. We run that joint. Get
0: Big Vanderbilt. Brian Callahan out there. Just cash your checks, do the job, and
1: go on. Nolan is next the nolan express get in here nolan yo
9: good evening fellas
4: all right, nolan. right
9: so let's start having a conversation about where connect ranks and best tennessee players in basketball
4: wow
1: still too early still too early well here here's the it, it's gonna be so hard right because <laughs> A lot of it depends. Okay, let's assume he keeps up his torrid pace, okay? So he'll be SEC- He'll be a shoe-in for SEC player of the year. Possible national, ch- he-
9: national player of the year, too.
1: He will be in that conversation. To me, at that point, it's a matter of how far you go. Because if you take this team to a Final Four, then, yeah, I mean, he might be the most beloved player in school history. I wasn't alive for the Bernard King era, so I, I can't speak on that. I can. But even as we sit here tonight, like it's hard for me to put him above Chris Lofton, just because Chris Chris Lofton was here four years, yeah, multiple NCAA tournaments, all, all the stuff that he went through. What an exciting player he is to watch! But that's as we sit here tonight, Nolan. Like if Connect takes us to the promised land, then yeah, I mean I, he might not be the best player. Like I don't think he's as good as Bernard King was, but he might be the favorite player.
9: I think that's a fair assessment. Like, I think you made a good point about Chris Lofton being here for four years. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure if connect if he does take us to the final four, I think he will have topped Lofton and just being an all time fan favorite in basketball.
2: Well, it, it'd be like it'd be like Auburn football. You know, Cam Newton was only there for one season, but he's pretty much. He led them to their greatest season ever.
0: That's yeah. an excellent comparison. Yeah. Now the thing you got to keep in mind, you always, and it it's hard now because I mean that's I don't even know if we consider it the modern era anymore. I, I guess we would beginning of it, but I mean Bernard King made the NBA. Uh, I mean made the Hall of Fame with two horrendous knees. I mean if he if he doesn't if he's not as gimpy as he was in his pro career uh, he'd probably be in the conversation for one of the greatest ever step on a court. I mean, and there's so little, uh, video of, you know, those days, you know, any kind of film, but, um, he was, Bernard's going to be hard to top. He's the best I ever saw. And then Russ is dead. I mean, Lofton basically, you know, He was the key cog in the resurrection in the, you know, Tennessee when they ascended. Uh, When they finally became good at basketball year in and year out. So I've never, I don't think anybody's ever had a start to a season like this other than Bernard.
9: I'll trust you on that, Bear. I'm not fully aware of Bernard King's season. Unfortunately, I, I did not live that, but uh, uh, we need to sell out Tuesday's game. Um, it's going to be a tough one, probably, because South Carolina is a very good team. Obviously, we saw that against Kentucky. Uh, also, uh, which reminds me, Davey, are you still in bed with Shane Beamer?
2: <laughs> not, Not like I was.
0: Really? What is, turns is you missing a... the fact that he participated with Connor Stallions and the in the, the uh, tampering with the college football playoff?
2: Yeah, that's that's where it changed.
1: Wow the relationship no, knowing what, is what going. I know now
9: about that, yeah.
1: That changed my opinion. Nice cheap shot, Nolan. Anything else? Yes,
9: I'll leave off with the question for Davey. Uh What's your th- <laughs> after that? Uh, what's your thought on the uh, Titans' head coach Brian Callahan? Do you think he's going to be a good coach? Do you think he can potentially us- potentially take us to a decent season next year? Um, I'm eager to hear your thoughts and have a good night, guys.
1: Thanks, Nolan. To answer that question,
2: I. I... Ask me after the draft. It's one of those things. I just don't know what this roster is going to look like. If, if you're telling me if it's the roster I'm anticipating right now, I would say no, but I'll not see any coach doing good with this. But the other thing is, I mean, you have essentially the most money cap wise. So what's Rand going to go out and do for the, during free agency? Like, who are you looking to bring in? Who? How are you trying to build this roster? I just don't know. We don't have anything to, to judge Rand off of. I've I've said it five thousand times. but His next draft pick, his first draft pick, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I'm I'm intrigued in the hire of Callahan, I, but again, like it, it's all just such an unknown. And anyone telling you, yeah, this is gonna be he's gonna be great because X, Y, and Z, they don't know. He's never called play before plays before. We don't know if he's gonna be good at it. I hope he is. But for people like whoever has a take right now, good or bad. They're just guessing. They don't have anything to base it off of. And so I'm hopeful, but I don't have any reasons to believe he's going to be successful versus any reasons to believe he's not going to be successful.
0: Yeah, I noticed that the uh, purge started today. Uh, Purge. Yeah, who was it who got fired today, Davey?
2: Uh, I haven't seen any news today. I mean, they're going to – yeah, I mean, the the turnover on the staff, like – most of those guys were gonna go with Vrabel, but that's the other thing too. I'm surprised he's he's down to where he is, is talking with a couple of people and I don't know, man.
0: We had Joe wrote on the Daily Show yesterday, and after listening to Joe, it kind of makes sense. Everybody's going for what Callahan is. These young guys, uh court offensive, young offensive guys, and
1: McDaniel and zach taylor and all these guys so oh, the thing about oh. it Davey, is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy too because everybody wants an offensive coach so if you're a defensive head coach and you have a successful offensive coordinator he's going to get a head coaching job and then like you don't have it you know we in the situation we're in with Hypol, like okay golish gets hired away but nothing changes for us because our head coach is the offensive coordinator and I guess that's kind of what we're hoping to get with Callahan here, but like, it's it, you know it's telling I think that Belichick and Vrabel, as successful as they've been and as good reputation they have been, I don't think they're going to get head coaching jobs this off season.
2: No, well, uh, Vrabel's name still in the hat for Seattle. Yeah, but Belichick doesn't have any more interviews lined up, so it like I, I can't see a situation where he's he's a head coach on an NFL team next year. The 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 other thing too is, and I I was telling you guys this, I, I still think Brable is a top 10 coach in the NFL. And you're probably saying, well, the market's not saying that. But what I've told everyone numbers dude is it's not his coaching that's the reason he doesn't have a job. It's all the behind the scenes stuff. It's all the I need roster control for this. If we're not going to do this, I'm going to be a fucking dickhead and you're not going to want to work with me. And I think a lot of that's the same with Bill Belichick, where several teams would want to hire him for his coaching prowess, but they don't want the baggage that's going to come along with, one, he's not been able to have a successful offense in the last four years, and he can't promote a good offensive coordinator. Um, that, and you could argue that's kind of the same thing with Vrabel. Ever since Arthur Smith left, it didn't work out with Todd Downing. And I think if you got that hire right – he would still be coaching, but Tim Kelly did a good job. But by the time Tim Kelly got a hold of this roster with this offensive line, there wasn't much he could do. And and one bad hire can can sink your candidacy as a coach. And so these guys just they they wanted too much power in the roster management side of things, and that's why they don't currently have jobs in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I, I do think the one the one place I could see Vrabel being, you know, quote-unquote a good fit would be Seattle. I could see him doing well up there.
2: Yeah, he's eyeing for it. And I mean, another part of it, too, is, you know, there were the rumors, like, looking at Atlanta, which they went with Raheem Morris, which I think is a bad decision. Arthur Blank is an easygoing owner in the fact that he's never going to go out and make that home run higher. He's just going to do what the people in his office tell him to do because he's not a very hands-on guy. But the problem with that is if you hire bad people to run your system, things aren't going to go well. And they didn't want to hire somebody that was going to be commanding too much power to where these other people in the building feel like their job security uh, would be getting a lot more difficult.
0: That's why they didn't. uh, That's what rumor is. uh, Rumors coming
1: out of Atlanta were that that was why they didn't pull the trigger on Belichick. The Falcons Falcons interviewed Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, and Mike Vrabel and decided to hire Raheem Morris. Well, Harbaugh was never
2: going there. Harbaugh wanted to go to the Chargers all the way. Um, And and he's got ties to that organization dating all the way back to his days in um, San Diego. And, you know, we actually had uh, in studio David Meltzer. And if you don't know who David Meltzer is, he is the he was the CEO of Lee Steinberg's um, agency. Uh, I can't remember the exact name, but if you don't know who Lee Steinberg is, if you know who Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire is based off of Lee Steinberg. And David has a good relationship with Jim. He was saying Jim always wanted to be back in or for this go around, he saw Justin Herbert, loved Justin Herbert, wanted to be the coach for that. And if you look at the opportunities of getting a Super Bowl contender the
1: quickest. The Chargers were the
2: answer to that as far as available
1: teams. Hey, guys, one other thing we need to touch on before we get out of here. This Texas horns down Uh storyline is (laughs) absolutely hysterical. If you didn't see it, uh, BYU today hosted Texas. They had some students with horns down uh, shirts. Uh, They asked them to leave after the game. Mark Pope basic uh the BYU coach basically apologized to Texas saying that's not that's not who we are what we do here these Texas fans i, I know like they've got a good football program and uh but uh, my my goodness man i i'll be interested to see because everybody's going to do this right and schools ask their students their fans not to do horns down it's only going to make it worse I'm really interested to see how Rick Barnes handles this when Texas comes here and our fans do it. And they're not going to not do it. So everybody's going to have to get over it. I, I really hope Rick Barnes doesn't attempt to lecture us on being respectful towards Texas. Because I think I speak for all Tennessee fans when I say nobody here gives a shit about Texas's feelings.
2: They're they're making a much bigger deal out of this than it needs to be. I don't view this situation as a Texas problem. I view this as I'm I'm putting this one all on the Mormons. The Mormons, <laughs> all that is like, oh, we got to be super nice. Like they're like, oh, can I suck suck your dick for you, please? Like that's no! like how they operate. Okay, so I'm not gonna be like, oh, we need to have these fans with a horns down shirt. Ask them to take it off. I that's a BYU problem, not a Texas problem. The SEC. Now, I know if you do it in the face of a player like a Gator Chomp, that's a personal foul. I don't like it. That's the rule. They'll probably make that the same thing for horns down. You can do the gesture as long as it's not geared or directed towards a member of Texas. Yeah, but what are they going
0: to do about – they aren't going to be able to do shit about people in the stands.
2: No, no. And and, if those idiots
0: think coming into the SEC that they're going to be – I mean, just that beta soft baby – baby back bitch, soft ass shit with the horns down thing. This is the most petty conference. Our fan, we all hate each other with a passion and I'll get the horns down tattooed across my ass and moon Rodney Terry and Thompson Bowling next year. Yeah. I don't, I don't know of a
2: program outside of BYU that would have done what they did today. And, and the only other thing with um Rodney Terry, and this is changing, but, you got to remember the big 12 had to cradle to Texas and Oklahoma's needs. I mean, we look back, we have the SEC network. The big 12 network was called the longhorn network. They were the reason that that conference made money. So they just gave them everything they wanted. And it eventually got to a point to where even with the revenue distribution, they were going to make more money coming to the SEC. I don't see Greg Sankey. Um, making sure that they feel warm and welcome in that regard. I'm i not yeah. concerned.
0: I mean the other thing about Texas, if I mean if we're being honest about it, you can go back and Texas is is a school that kind of and I'm not saying that where we are right now wouldn't have been where we got to, but don't kid yourself, fucking Texas is the biggest reason that shit went haywire. With all this realignment and schools, it's why Texas a and want to get the hell out of the Big Twelve. And that's where it started was Texas, but the most entitled bunch of pansy ass people. God, I hate them. Hey, did you guys uh, end up discussing
2: on your show that graphic I sent you uh, a couple of days ago about how a many lot teams of stuff, register fifty percent of the viewership for college football? <laughs>
1: We did not talk about that. Uh, Explain a little bit about what it showed. So, if if you're looking at the graphic, this takes in data from 2016
2: to 2023. And this is Nielsen ratings, but 50% of college football viewership comes from just 18 teams.
1: And so... teams, what do you mean, like... You're talking about like Knoxville, Tuscaloosa, no, like no, no. no. College I, I'm
2: saying like people tuning in to watch specific teams. Oh, okay. So, fifty percent of what's being watched for all of college football centers around eighteen teams. Now, it's it's all your big power players. You know, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, Tennessee, LSU, Penn State, Florida State, Oregon, uh, USC, Texas. Oklahoma, all those types of schools. And so what this is telling me is we if we watch what these conferences are doing, and I know a lot of people don't want it. I've kind of been on it for a while now, but we're heading more and more towards that super conference. And like the bigger thing was the bottom 71% perc- or the bottom 71 schools in FBS only registered 10% of viewership. So it just goes to show you the mighty from the space the programs no one's paying attention to. And if these TV networks continue to have the stranglehold on how all
1: this continues
2: to be set up, we're just getting more and more towards an NFL model for college football.
1: If, if I'm these TV networks, like I, I understand that Alabama LSU can't be every week and you only, you're only going to have 12 regular season games. And of course the playoff bowl seasons are going to be lucrative, but To me, like I would say, listen, man, (laughs) what the TV networks want shouldn't be any different than what most fans want, which is, show me, I'm I'm fine with Tennessee, Kentucky. I'm fine with USC, Oregon State. Just don't try and sell me USC, Cal Polytechnic. Don't try and sell me Kentucky, Chattanooga.
6: Don't
1: get rid of these... You know, games that are not in any way going to be competitive.
6: Because exactly.
1: People watch the big brands. Yeah, they're always going to watch the big brands. But they also just want to see compelling games. And the NFL is always compelling because there's parity because you got salary caps and all that stuff. But there, there's very rarely blowout games. There's just too many blowout games. If I'm a TV network, like, what you know, <laughs> What are you what are you trying to sell me with Alabama playing
0: Mercer? Especially when you consider, you know how much money the TV networks are coughing up to these you know, to the schools,
1: they're gonna want inventory, and they aren't gonna want shit inventory. Every game can't be a a barn burner, but don't give me games that we know are going to be crap.
0: Yeah, they've got to get
1: away from yeah, there they will be like at least one, if not two,
0: Sometimes three weekends out of a college football, we you know, just terrible weekends. There's no really good games. There might be one. And the rest of them are just, you know, just a pile of crap. I think as long as you see
2: the current bowl system, you won't get away from that because having to get to six wins, teams are always going to want to schedule that give me.
0: I think that's getting right. I mean, once the playoff, I mean, we're, I think we'll see the end of that pretty quickly. That's going to change just because of the 12 team playoff. There's just not going to be as much money in those bowl games. You know, when are they going to play them? Middle of the well, playoffs?
2: Well, that's, I mean, I would, the thing I'd push back, I know a lot of people are saying like there's not as much, the ability to sell tickets won't be there and it hasn't been there for a while but people continue to watch these games on television it's kind of like the Arizona Cardinals Uh, the Bidwells they don't care about selling tickets because they know how the NFL is structured based off that TV cut we're going to get we don't even need to sell tickets to our own stadium we're just going to be rich just from being a part of this which kind of sucks at times because then you have programs that really don't invest and their, their fans suffer from it but
1: see Vanderbilt well, you know, again, just talking about competitive games versus non-competitive games. I think if, you know, you have bowl games that are scheduled on weeknights during the holidays when lots of people are out, off work, out of school, and you're, you know, we're assuming that the playoffs are going to be held on the weekends and you're not competing against NFL or, or playoff games. You know, I, I enjoy watching those bowl games if, I, if I'm at home and, you know, nothing else is on. And it's a competitive game. I think people there'll still be a market for that stuff. But I'm just the the thing that really frustrates me is this notion that the SEC is going to stick to an eight-game conference schedule. We're not really going to change anything, and we're still going to see these uh, SEC teams playing FCS opponents. And quite frankly, you know, even uh, FBS opponents, whatever the group of five used to be, that aren't very good like you know Tennessee plays um, Chattanooga this year they also play Akron (laughs) that's not that's not any better than Chattanooga in my book Terrible. by the way last time we played Akron we ended up getting our star wide receiver hurt and he never was
0: 100 percent the rest of that season well I mean that's the other part of it too is you end up with these teams that come in here I mean we've seen it a lot recently uh past couple of seasons uh for sure but um, you know, you mentioned Akron, uh, we had a team. I can't remember which one it was this year. It came in, but you know, borderline dirty and, you know, you're going to act like that. We ain't cutting you a check for 1.5 million or whatever it is.
1: I wouldn't. All right, boys. Any other thoughts on basketball? Uh, they- Anybody want to make it weird? Now's your opportunity. Speak now, forever hold your peace. I
2: am good on uh, making, not making it weird today. I did want to say, this news came out a while back, but I do have uh, bad news for Ravens fans out there. Kadarius Tony was just ruled out for the Chiefs, so it's going to be a blow to the Ravens hope.
0: <laughs> Kadarius Tony, <laughs> What a moron. When was he at Florida?
1: Which team was he on? Big shark humpers teams or He's on Mullins? Mullins. Boy, I wish they. I bet they wish they had him back. He was getting drafted the
2: year Urban took over the job for the Jags because I think they were going to draft him if the Giants
1: didn't. Good Lord! All right, gentlemen. Big week coming up. Got to take care of the Gamecocks, Tuesday night, 6.30, over at the arena. And then I guess we'll go up to Col country a week from tonight. Let's do it. That, game tips, late night. that game tips off at 8.30. So this time, a week from now, we'll be uh, on the edge of our seats. Probably really frustrated because, you know, even if we win, that's generally what happens up there. Yeah, hopefully we won't have the same crew we had tonight. Oh, oh, seeing some atrocious officiating and having to sweat one out on the road tonight was, I mean, when you think about it, probably good practice for what's going to happen next week.
0: Yeah. I mean, hell, they'll probably foul (laughs) connect out in the first half. (laughs) Uh.
1: Oh, Golly, Rupp. All right, boys. Well, love you guys. I'll talk to you all Tuesday night. All right. We'll see you, my man. See you guys.